everyone. Welcome back to Every Version Ever. My name is Jonathan North, and today we're starting a brand new series looking at a brand new book, Louisa May Alcott's Little Women. This is another one of those iconic novels in classical literature that everyone at least has a bit of passing knowledge about, and may or may not have seen one of the many film or television adaptations that are out there. And it's a good bet that if they have seen one, it's probably the one we're talking about today, since apparently this is one of the most iconic versions of the story. This is the 1994 version starring Winona Ryder, Christian Bale, and a host of other big-name talent, and this version is one that so many Little Women fans cite as their favorite version of the story. I currently have no opinion. I read the book as a kid, but as far as I know, I never watched any film versions, so this series will likely all be completely brand new for me. Joining me for this first episode is Rachel Wagner, who is a big fan of the story and of this version. When I was talking to her about doing this series for the podcast, she said this was her personal favorite version, so I thought she'd be a great guest to have on to kick off this series looking at every version ever of Little Women. Okay, well, I guess, first of all, I think this will be the first episode that I do. I thought this would be a good one to be, like, the premiere episode, because from a lot of people, like fans of Little Women... This one is mentioned quite often as, like, the favorite version. And you said that this one was your favorite version as well. So, I guess... I had never seen this. I hadn't seen... I don't think I'd ever seen any... I might have seen a version when I was younger, but I don't remember for sure. I'll If I did, I'll probably find it eventually, and it'll have a memory triggered. But, like, the most recent one that I'd seen was the 2019 version which I'm not planning to do this time, but I probably will get to that eventually. So this was new to me. So you're a longtime fan, I assume. So what is it about this one that you really like? So it's a little bit unfair because this is definitely the one I have the most nostalgia for. This came out when I was 13. Uh, so it's definitely one I've been watching for you know a long, long time. Something that... I, you know, went to the theaters and watched with my mother and my sister. I also have three sisters. So I think there's something about the story that kind of rings true in a certain way, even though there's a bigger age gap in my family. Uh, we certainly all have pretty strong personalities like the four uh, March sisters do. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> um. I, I think that it's very easy to sort of see yourself as Joe and really feel for Beth. And Little Women was the first novel that I ever, like big novel that I ever really read that I was proud of that, you know, I'd read this big book and, uh, you know, of course, cry with Beth, feel headstrong and excited about Joe. And I mean, I'd say that Little Women and Anna Green Gables are probably the two most influential novels in my childhood. Hmm. Yeah, I remember either reading or having Little Women read to us as kids, because we were all homeschooled, and every morning, Mom would read a chapter of some book to us, and I'm pretty sure we went through the entire Little Women series at some point. Mm-hmm. So I am familiar with it as the book from when I was a kid, but I don't think I read it any time after that. And like I said, I'm not sure if I've seen a version on screen or not so between last year watching the new 2019 version and when i was a kid i haven't had much exposure to the story 
So it was kind of a refresher when I watched the 2019 version, and now I'm kind of getting back into the story doing this series. I'm mm-hmm. still not fully familiar with it because I'm trying to do an audiobook version and I'm only like halfway through. So I'm hoping that <laughs> I'm hoping that's enough that I can talk about the book and the movies. Mm-hmm. But I will say that watching this and having only read half of it, I felt myself being a whole lot more critical over the first half of the movie than the second half because mm-hmm. <laughs> I had just listened to that. Yeah, I mean it. It's interesting because there are there are definitely strengths and weaknesses to this version. There are strengths and weaknesses of every version, as you know from doing this podcast of all uh, adaptations. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually think the beginning is pretty strong. Uh, I, I don't know. I think I might say the second half is maybe weaker in my opinion because I don't think they handled the Joe and Lori business all that well and i like the idea to do two amys uh i think mm-hmm. i still prefer the younger amy a lot over <laughs> the way that they portrayed the older amy but i still like that they did two amys <laughs> mm-hmm. i wish that all the versions did two amys i just think it makes more sense than having yeah. this adult play this younger child yeah, I I really am going. I'm trying not to compare between the 2019 version of this and those the two that I've seen most recently. But that's the one thing that I keep coming back to is this felt more natural. Like I love the 2019 version; it's hands down my favorite between these two. But the first half, well, I mean the flashbacks in that version, she didn't feel like a little kid. She felt like an adult playing a little kid. Yeah. And that's my biggest complaint about the 2019 version. And I really liked that they didn't, that, that wasn't even an issue here because they had an actual kid playing Amy. It, it worked really well. Yeah, agreed. I also think that they do Beth better in this version than in 2019 because I, I just think that Claire Danes, I mean, she's, she crushes it. <laughs> mm-hmm. She makes you cry. You really feel it. I mean, she's like, uh now i'm going first and you're just like oh that's that actually uh, of all the things that would make me tear up that didn't there was i'll get to it eventually there was something that did actually get me to tear up watching this but it wasn't that (laughs) (laughs) i mean that gets me i mean she's so pale and i mean she really earns it i think whereas i felt like in the 2019 version beth was kind of forgettable i hardly even remembered her at all that is kind of true i don't remember much about beth i'm more focused on joe and amy in the 2019 version i also thought in the 2019 version that the whole ending was kind of a little too cute for my taste with her like sticking it to the to the publisher and i don't know i kind of i like the ending a little bit better in this one I also love the music in this version. I love yeah, how they did have great music. Mm-hmm. Thomas and, Yeah. And I, I mean, I love Winona Ryder. I think she's great mm-hmm. in the role. You know, she's nominated for an, an Oscar for this role. I don't think that Susan Sarandon is the best mommy. I feel I was, like she's I was thinking the same thing. She's a little too modern and a little, yeah. she just doesn't have that like, that warmth and that maternal mm-hmm. 
kind of nature about her as much as as other actresses who've played the part i'm glad you feel that too because i felt like i was maybe being too critical because that was what i was thinking the whole time like she feels like somebody from the 90s she doesn't feel like somebody from her time period and she Mm -hmm. she doesn't have like in the book and i'm most familiar with the the first half because that's what i've gotten read so far I mean, she does, she confesses like she has an anger issue like Joe, but she is so quiet and warm and loving. And I didn't get that enough from this version. I I got that a whole lot more from the 2019 version. I I don't want to keep comparing the two because that's that's not what I want to do here. But I keep, that's what I kept thinking of was like, she just felt so much more like the character from the book in the 2019 version than this version. I think that the best Marmy of all of the versions is actually the 1949 uh, version with Elizabeth okay. Taylor. That's what and I'm Elizabeth be Taylor next. looks, she looks kind of ridiculous playing this <laughs> this teenager, and <laughs> this is kind of absurd. But I think that the Marmy in this for in the 1949 version played by Mary Astor is probably my favorite she's she's just very warm and and really in in so many ways marmy is kind of the ideal mother of literature when she knows exactly Mm. what to say in all situations she is kind warm forgiving loving uh all of that i i think that 1994 version because amy is young i think that the amy and joe dynamic is probably the best out of any mm-hmm. the idea of amy burning her book is under more understandable because she's a, a young child <laughs> and mm. uh and that kind of fight i think works way better i think that the amy and Lori dynamic works better in 2019 because they're going back and forth so you're not Mm -hmm. as invested in joe and laurie you're more you're kind of equally invested in both and so that helps you it's not as much of a kind of a shock out of nowhere Uh, and the whole reason that she did that was because she was she was basically trolling her fans, Louise May Alcott. She'd gotten mm-hmm. so many letters saying, you got it. When are, when are Joe and Lori going to get together? And she was just like, forget it. I'm going to put her together with this like <laughs> old school teacher. And, <laughs> and, and so I like it. I think it's kind of fun, but I kind of understand why a lot of people are kind of Joe and Lori shippers and don't like mm-hmm. that, you know, that he's with Amy, but I, I do love it in this version when she cuts her hair and, and Amy, you know, yells out, you're one beauty. <laughs> that part, I just burst out <laughs> laughing. <laughs> yeah. You're one beauty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I love Mary Wicks in this as Anne. Oh, yes. I, when, so I, when I first wonderful. saw her, I was, I was thinking, where do I know her from? Where do I know her from? So I was looking around, I was like, I had we had just a few months ago we had just watched Sister Act. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's why I know her. Yeah, and also in uh, White Christmas. Have you ever watched White Christmas? Years ago, I probably yeah. wouldn't remember. She plays the um, uh, the innkeeper, whatever house of the inn. 
Okay. Uh, yeah. The... I think she was also in Music Man. Oh, probably. That would make I sense. I think she was one of the ladies who mm-hmm. sang that Pick a Little song. Yeah. Flick, 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 pick a lot, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, there actually is a Little Women Broadway musical that's quite good. I, lo- I really enjoy it. Uh, yeah, uh, I've been I've been trying to find out if there's a way that I can see like a legal copy of that. I've I've seen like YouTube versions of people they've put on the musical mm-hmm. like for like a local play, which I guess if I ever do cover the musical, I'll probably end up having to watch that. But it would be nice if there was like an actual yeah. Broadway cast recording. It's tough to find those. I mean, aside from just the original cast recordings, but to actually have a, a video version, there's not that many yeah. of those with Broadway shows, unfortunately. I wish there were. That's I know. Like, I wish there were, too. Like, I live in the middle of Iowa. I can't afford to go to New York to watch a Broadway show, and there's so many that mm-hmm. I know I would enjoy that never get made into movies. I just wish that they would record them and put them out. Like, they did that with Hamilton. I still haven't watched Hamilton. I need to, but they they did that and i feel like there's an audience for that because that was super popular yeah. for the, for weeks that well, was especially all once was they leave. yeah especially once they leave broadway but yeah. it's, it's i don't know what the problem is i mean they've been telling us we're going to get a wicked movie for <laughs> over yeah. a decade literally yeah it's, it's never gonna happen but <laughs> uh but anyway it's it's quite pretty if you just at least want to listen to the songs are, are really nice mm-hmm. and i listened to a little bit of it it that's why i was looking around because like it seemed like something that i would enjoy mm-hmm. there's also yeah. an opera <laughs> yeah <laughs> well let's let's start at the beginning and then go through the big scenes let's first talk about like why i was more critical of the beginning rather than the end and I guess it. Pro- I probably once I've read the book, it'll. It might be. I might end up being more critical of the end too. But I'm not 100 sure on that because the main thing that I was thinking when I was watching this was like, these scenes are so short. It was like they wanted to do all of, all of the big scenes, but they had to cram them into the movie, and they just went so fast. Each scene was like five minutes. Like the, it opens with Marmy coming home, then they read the letter. Boom, that's done. Christmas boom, that's done. Like the feeding the poor family, it was like they sat down at the table. They heard that Marmy was going to visit this family. They immediately got up and took all the food out. And it's like, there was no like thought given to that. Like I wanted something where they were like thinking about having to give up their meal because that was like a big thing in the book. Like they spent some time like agonizing over whether or not to Mm -hmm. give up their meal. And it was a big deal. And it, didn't seem like a big deal in this version and then they Mm -hmm. didn't have the scene where they came home and then they had the meal the in the evening and that kept happening yeah i can see i can see that yeah that it kind of clips along pretty pretty quickly i can see that it is combining two books into one movie so that's that's always difficult uh but i guess i'm just used to it and so it didn't seem too fast to me but i'm wondering if i'm gonna think that with all the other versions that I'll eventually watch. There mm-hmm. there are some mini series though, and I'm gonna watch at least one for this series. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering how that will compare. Like will I enjoy the, most... the mini series more because they spend more time on these mm-hmm. things? The most recent mini series I was not a fan of because I felt like in the mini series they turned all of the sisters into Joe. 
And I don't really like that because they have their own unique perspectives and unique opinions. And if mm. you're trying, if you make them all empowered and all outspoken, that's not interesting to me. Hmm. And so that's why I didn't really like that version. I also hated hated the version that's that was a modern version. Mm-hmm. Um. I remember you saying that that was a terrible one. I hated it so much. They managed to, I mean, Joe is always kind of insufferable. I mean, let's (laughs) be honest. She is. But we all relate, kind of relate to her in a way. And there's sort of a, uh, we all kind of wish that we were (laughs) sort of that outspoken and that free-spirited in a way, I think, especially when you're a teenager. But in in this one, she just made her flat out mean. I I just hated it. It was the <laughs> worst. But yeah, in the um, in the version on PBS, I said that uh, I had issues with the character writing of the four girls. I felt they all were all variations on Joe, instead of distinct personalities they needed to be. It's like the writers were afraid to make Meg a character that's non modern, or Amy a character that's a snotty teen. It is the different personalities that make the story interesting. Them all feeling like Joe made it kind of boring and predictable. For example, Meg at one point brags about being a woman who brings home a living wage at Salamoffy's party. She would never do that. She tells the girls there that that's how things are and there's nothing that can be done to change it. Meg would never say this to Sally. She was embarrassed by her Mm -hmm. poor station and had to learn from the party that the morals of her family were far more valuable than luxury. Hmm. It'll be interesting yeah. to see what I think when I get there. That does seem yeah. like an, an issue. But in this version, they do stay pretty distinct. And I definitely think that this is the best Beth for sure in mm. this version. I think Claire Danes is so good. <laughs> and you really feel for her. And she she really digs down deep, I think, for that performance. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's, she's the best. And I think that the ch- choice to have two Amy's is the best. Mm-hmm. And I wish that all of them made that choice. What did you think of Lori? Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, Christian, Christian Bale is very charming. Um, I, I think that he's almost too charming because the the other two versions the other film for two film versions Lori is such a dweeb i mean it's the worst and so there definitely is a side of you that's like why would you reject Lori here in this he is so charming and so great so i don't know there's like there needs to be sort of a middle in between between super charming christian bale and super dweeb other Lori's. And someone kind of in between. You're not mad at her for rejecting, but uh, (laughs) feel for him enough to be glad he's with Amy. I don't know. They did an okay job. I mean, Timothy Chalamet feels so modern in the 2019 version, especially his hair like that. It's ridiculous. But (laughs) I didn't even think about that, but you're kind of right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the scene where she breaks his heart is pretty well done in this Mm -hmm. you know what about the scene where they meet i can't i I wish i could remember it i don't think that's how they met in the book is it 
at that party? Because I remember the scene at the party, but I think they'd already knew each other at that point. I think that they may have they may have met briefly. It seemed like there was several times where they might have combined two scenes. Mm -hmm. Because, like, one thing that I appreciated was that they actually had the Pickwick Club, which I think they changed to the Pickwick Society Mm -hmm. in this version, because they had a PS on it. Yeah, that's cute. The papers said Pickwick Society. Mm -hmm. And And that's such a... Uh, a fun thing to think about as a kid is having your own little like club mm-hmm. where you do plays and, and <laughs> I used to do that with my box. We had the boxcar children club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was kind of the same thing. I think we even like had little messages. I don't remember a whole lot we did. I remember we had a song <laughs> that we sang. <laughs> was, we just got together and talked about the boxcar children. <laughs> Yeah, because kids, they love the whole idea of that they're sort of self-sufficient on their own. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why kids love Home Alone so much, is the, the whole idea. If, there was I mean, a lot of this that really kind of spoke to me as a homeschooler. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was homeschooled. I, and they, they, I mean, the, some of them, some of the girls, I think, were homeschooled. Amy wasn't at first, and then she ended up being later. But it just felt lines. like they felt like homeschoolers. <laughs> <laughs> and that's another thing you talked about your sisters and you feeling like you could relate to some of the characters my sister-in-law alex who married joel she's mentioned before she also has three sisters and they saw themselves as these characters and they all kind of have similar matching personalities i'd have to sit down and think of like who which one is which but that's the problem girl, is that but, everybody yeah. wants to be joe i mean i think most people see themselves as joe I don't know. You don't want to be Amy. Oh, you know, kind of snotty and burning people's books. <laughs> I mean, maybe you want to be Meg because she's nurturing and 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 kind, and you know. And then Beth has a death plague on her, so you don't want to be, <laughs> want to be her. Yeah, but before she dies, her thing is that she's really sweet and musical, and I think I think people would connect with that. Yeah, I guess <laughs> I wouldn't want to be Beth. <laughs> But I think well, a lot of people want to be Joe. Imagine themselves as Joe. I could see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Anyways, what I was saying about like combining scenes, the Pickwick Club scene, they they combined that thing with the plays that they do, and they do they they make up a lot of stories in the book. So I can understand why they would want to trim some of that because there's a lot. Yeah. So they yeah. combined that with the plays and had. Lori come in while they're doing the play because it was the Pickwick Club in the book. Like he came in as part of the Pickwick Club, and mm-hmm. that's how he kind of got ingratiated into their circle of friends. And they changed that to be one of the plays that they were doing. And there was just little things like that throughout the movie where you could tell that they were combining things here and there to shorten mm-hmm. it up. Sometimes it worked better than others. Other times I was a little bit miffed that they yeah. cut things out. <laughs> What do you think of Eric Stoltz as uh, Mr. Brooke? Um, at the beginning, I did not like him. I thought he was an annoying nerd. <laughs> A lot of people don't like him, think he's kind of stuck up. But I don't know. I kind of like him. He he got better throughout the movie, and I think that was probably supposed to be the point. He mm-hmm. He kind of... I mean, he was already an adult at the beginning, but he kind of grew up a little bit through the movie, especially after he had to go off to war. So yeah. yeah, he was by the end I liked him. Yeah. I liked him and 
I think this one also is probably the most, if you're going to say Little Women is a Christmas movie, I think this is probably the most Christmassy of they any. They do have several Christmases. Yeah. Because <laughs> not only do they have the opening scene, which is so iconic, mm-hmm. uh, the Christmas won't be Christmas without any presents, but then they also have the scene with Beth getting her piano which mm-hmm. I think is, is really fun. That was one of the scenes where I was kind of annoyed that they trimmed too much because it was a big thing in the book with Beth trying to warm up to Mr. Lawrence and going over to his house and then becoming friends and him mm-hmm. finally gifting the piano to her. And none of that was in the movie. And yeah. I wanted that and I didn't get it. So that was, that was one of the... Was that in the new that. version? A little yeah. bit. It was more than here. More than here. But when I watched the new version, it was before I had decided to do Little Women for this podcast, so I hadn't read it, the book. It'll be interesting going back to that now that uh-huh. I'm reading the book and I'll have watched other versions. It'll be interesting going back to the 2019 version and seeing how how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. This one is more historically accurate as far as costumes, except for whenever they have their hair down, they wouldn't do that in that time period. You'd always have your hair up especially if you were a um, an unmarried woman you would have your hair up at mm. all times and uh, so that's something that most movies from this time period always get wrong but in the 2019 one this costumes are actually pretty lazy uh, I, I'll I can send you some interesting uh, YouTube videos talking about the historical accuracy like there's literally a scene where the, the characters in 2019 are, are wearing Ugg boots <laughs> I, I might have seen one of that. Yeah. One of the people you're talking about, Carolina Zabrowska. She's uh, a YouTuber who talks about right. yeah, yeah. talks about a lot of period clothing in movies. Like, I would never have even thought about that. But for some reason, I got onto her channel for some random video that she did that went viral. I don't remember what it was. But she's so entertaining the way she talks about that stuff. So I, I, I do end up watching some of those random things and i remember the pointing out the uggs yeah like why is she wearing uggs yeah that is that is a thing that they should have paid a little bit more attention to and like the the average viewer isn't gonna notice that like i didn't notice that when i first watched it Mm -hmm. but it's not a deal breaker but still yeah but i have a feeling that if i ever watch the 2019 one with sarah sarah is going to be picking over the clothes cuz sarah <laughs> is one who she pays attention to the styles and she's probably going to have issues with the way that some of them are dressed but and I probably like, the hair as well yeah but i like the fact i just in general the costumes I think are better in this and like little details like the dress that meg wears to sally moffat's party you later see amy wearing in europe when she's painting and so you oh, really? do something that would absolutely happen in a family yeah. like this at that time because you didn't have you couldn't afford to have tons and yeah. tons of dresses i'll have to go back and check that out yeah that's interesting that's a good catch mm-hmm. overall i just i don't know i just really like I said i have it do have a very heavy nostalgia but i like winona Ryder a lot and i think if you get a good joe i think mm-hmm. that goes a long way in making a good little women adaptation the, I mean, Catherine Hepburn was the very first Joe that we ever had. You can't get better for a, playing a playing a headstrong, uh, <laughs> a headstrong uh, leading lady. You can't get better than Catherine Hepburn. I mean, come on. And that kind of set the the blueprint of Joe in the movies. I think. Mm-hmm. 
Well, one little detail that's very random that I enjoyed was the fact that there were cats all over this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, in the book, they have pets. They talk about different cats. They have a bird. That Like, animals are kind of a big background thing in the book. And I don't remember that in the 2019 version. But maybe they were there and I just didn't notice. But I noticed cats all over the place in this version. And I really like that. Especially the one they've got one in a bonnet at one point. That, that oh, yeah. <laughs> that she's uh, playing the contest of uh, yes. whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I really liked that. Yeah, that was cute. Well, you talked before about the scene with the book, and that was another part where I feel like it was trimmed too much. Like, it was so short, and it felt like there was no build-up, and then the repercussions were over so quick. I feel like mm-hmm. it needed to be more emotionally impactful, because, like, they go to the party, she's mad, she gets back, the book is gone, and then she attacks her. <laughs> like she's that that scene where she's like furious about the book and she's screaming that she's gonna kill her. That was some good acting. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I guess because it's kind of looking back at these little vignettes from life, like it kind mm-hmm. of works for me. And maybe part of it helps that I just know these characters so well that I don't mm-hmm. need like the buildup and the kind of the developing, like I immediately, Oh, this is that scene. Okay. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> One thing that I kept thinking about was the fact that like for different movies, Sarah and I have watched like really mm-hmm. old silent films and yeah. especially like a Christmas Carol and even like the first Alice in Wonderlands, mm-hmm. we kept talking about how these would not work as movies because they're basically just scenes and they were like at one point i remember reading like they made this specifically for people who are already familiar with the book just so that they could see their scenes these iconic scenes happening and this is not the same as that but it reminded me of that because it was just at, at least for the first half i felt like it was just a series of scenes that was happening Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like when you think about your family life, if you are with your family, and you, you kind of start to reminisce about little little vignettes kind of of, of your family. Mm-hmm. And, and this is sort of telling the story of this family, the March family. Uh, so the, it's, it's almost like a, a bunch of little short stories versus, uh, you know, an overarching plot. I mean, I guess the mm-hmm. overarching plot is Joe, and her life is kind of the main narrative you know she's the main story main the lead character and then the rest would be the supporting characters but uh but yeah i mean it is true that this is a story that's been part of me since i was eight eight years old uh mm-hmm. <laughs> i can't honestly remember a time in my life when i didn't know about little women and and hadn't been watching the movies and reading the book and and all of that and so it's just something that's that that helped me also in the 2019 version because the 2019 version it really jumps around to all Mm -hmm. different time periods and within the family and so you're kind of the director i think assumes going into it that you know at least something about the story uh, Mm -hmm. in order to understand what's going on and in, in this at least it's got a you know narrative flow to it uh, in a way but but yeah i can see how they could have could have fleshed things out a little bit more i guess i never really thought about it before but but i think that that scene works for me because 
because Amy is a little girl, she's a child. And when you're, when you're growing up, especially when you have annoying younger siblings that are driving you crazy, then you do have those kind of fights sometimes <laughs> where you say horrible things and you're like, yeah, I hate you, you know, and whatever. And, and you find a way to, to get along again and <laughs> everything's going to be okay. And I, I do love Marty in that scene. He says, don't let the sun go out on your anger and forgive each other, love each other. That whole scene mm -hmm. uh, is so good. You never had those kind of fights with your siblings? Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure they probably were more violent, too. <laughs> we were all boys. <laughs> we had some We had some pretty heated moments. Uh, I mean, my sister was, my younger sister was an angel human. He was so, so kind, but, um, my older brother and I were the ones that would fight, <laughs> fight terrible. I mean, <laughs> awful, Ugh. but we're just super different. And so I think that that speaks to me as opposed to her being an adult playing the part. Mm -hmm. One thing that I'm not sure, like the whole scene, it felt off and I don't know if it's. I don't know why. It was the scene with the Moffats, like when Meg goes to the party. Uh-huh. How much of all that speech about like the silk being made with slave or child labor? Yeah. Was that was that in the book? Because I did no. not remember that. So that's not in the book. That is actually coming from Louise Malcott herself. Uh so that's uh, some kind of they added that mm -hmm. kind of in to the character uh with her father was outspoken against slavery and against mm -hmm. you know a lot of those things and her father i think ran a school and it was segregated it wasn't segregated like so many of the schools were mm -hmm. and her, so her father was quite revolutionary for his time and his father was also a transcendentalist which is a very popular belief system of that time period in the 1850s mm -hmm. and 60s yeah that was mentioned in the movie too mhm mm and that so that was coming from louise may alcott not from the novel itself i kind of wondered about that cuz i knew about that in her real life but i haven't finished the book so i didn't know how much of that was actually part of the book and how much of that was part of her real life story and that how much they were merging them yeah but i kind of like that it, it made sense yeah what was that party because they talked about it being a coming out party and aunt yeah. march was talking about meg needing to have one before she could get married was that like a thing back then it's mm -hmm. not something that i'm very familiar with yeah i'm not like an expert on it but i think that during that time young ladies would be presented uh they would like have a debut at one of the balls and that was kind of their way of saying that she was open for courting and getting married oh, okay basically. is it sort of like a quinceanera i'm that's not i'm not familiar with those as much but i'm more familiar with those i think that's probably a pretty fair comparison i'm okay. not that expert on that either <laughs> but I've seen uh, them in t on TV shows, so I'm familiar yeah. with it just from a very broad pop culture standpoint. I'm like, I've never actually been to one or anything. Yeah. There was a coming out party, which is basically them saying it's she's ready to get married. It's my understanding. Okay. 
That's kind of what I was thinking, but I wasn't exactly sure. Yeah. I think that the girls all have really nice chemistry. I think that they all feel, with the exception of maybe grown-up Amy, uh, <laughs> I think maybe doesn't really feel like she fits in. Um, I, I can see that. she Not that she didn't feel like the same character, but she felt like just slightly too different. Like she was almost mm-hmm. a little bit too cold, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. She didn't seem quite as bubbly i don't know yeah i don't I mean, know if that's kind the right of like word on when they uh this is the downside to using two amy's is that it's kind of like on the show chopped when a contestant will make two dishes instead of just one and they'll say oh you shouldn't have done that now we're gonna have two things to compare it to instead of just one and mm. so that's kind of the downside is that i like it because it makes the early parts much better because amy's a child as she's supposed to be but then again, it just it gives you two things to compare for, and you're like, oh, I like uh, Kirsten Dunst better. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, if I was to like pick one, definitely Kirsten Dunst. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know what uh, what's the best way to go. I don't know. I just love the movie. It's just such a great family film about a family and and girls and and sisters mm-hmm. and and uh, their experiences and it's just amazing to me that whether it's the 2019 version which i also really loved uh the war the katherine hepburn version or the book uh, it's just a story that's i think speaks to all generations because uh, we can all relate to being in families and it being difficult and wanting to be more than what is sort of presented before you in your life and having mm-hmm. dreams and all of that is just very appealing. I think also the idea of Joe being a writer and is very mm-hmm. appealing. It's something that oh, I think a lot of us kind of want to do. Mm-hmm. And it has a lot of great themes of forgiveness and service and love and romance and courage. Even little little scenes I think are so great. Like when Amy takes her limes, she gets whipped by the teacher and Mm-hmm. And uh, Joe gets super upset, and Maggie failed to tell me that they were forbidden. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I don't know who can't relate to that of just feeling like feeling scolded and frustrated, and just the frustrations of childhood mm-hmm. that it seems like nobody quite gets what you're trying to say. And when when Joe talks about that, she'll never find somebody who understands her. And, and she's so sad about Lori. I don't know. Just you. There's just so many great moments in the book and in the mm-hmm. movie. And I think this one does Joe the best. I think it does Amy the best. I think it does Beth the best. So it's it's that's why it ends up being my favorite. You didn't mention Meg. Do you think a different one does Meg better? I I actually love Emma Watson as Meg. I think she's mm-hmm. really good. And I'm normally like a middle in the road with her, but I really loved her in that role. And so she's my favorite. I mean, I love Catherine Hepburn as Joe as well. So it's like a toss up between her and and Winona Ryder. How did you feel about Lori and Amy together? Like this version. Yeah. I think that it's okay. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) But I think the whole reaction to it all feels really weak in this one when she comes back. 
it was kind of just brushed over. Yeah. What about yeah. like it's it started when they were kids. Did did it feel weird to you that whole scene? Like after Beth has contracted scarlet fever and she's sent away, and Laurie is taking mm-hmm. her to stay with Aunt March. Did that scene feel weird to you? No, because that is in the book. Okay. Just yeah, the, the line sweet. about promising to kiss her before she dies felt weird. And I think they tried to play it off as a joke because he laughs afterwards. Yeah. I don't know. It, it felt kind of weird because he's almost an adult and she's still like 12. So it felt right. kind of weird to me. And I mean, it didn't feel too weird because I... Like, I know how this is going to end. I know they're going to eventually end up together. And this is supposed yeah, to be like he's, I think he's just talking about the kissing her on the, on the cheek or whatever. <laughs> like, I don't think it's anything too skeevy or anything. But, yeah, I can understand. I can see why. But mm. I think just because I, it's in the book, I didn't think of it too much. But one, one other thing that maybe you won't know this either. But I was kind of confused. Like, after the time jump, when it's four years later, they're at the wedding. Uh-huh. What are they doing at the wedding? Like they're in this giant bird cage and they're like circling them and singing. Is that some kind of a tradition that I've just never heard of? Uh, I thought it was just like a little gazebo, like a little wedding. Okay. Gazebo. Well, even even still, like what were like the whole singing and dancing around them? I've never seen that anywhere else. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't know. It didn't seem that like it's just like a little dance I don't know. <laughs> like yeah, dances back then they were yeah that, like that's that. true it just i don't know the the way that they were like all linked hands circling around the couple and singing uh-huh. and i don't know it just seemed like something that i should know what they were doing and i just didn't know what they were doing i didn't know if it was some long forgotten tradition that has just passed out of fashion or what yeah i think it's just out of fashion um, I mean, it's even weirder in the uh, in the 2019 when, she, first of all, she looks like she's in, from the 1970s with that hair and, <laughs> and <laughs> the bride, her hair all down with the big puffy sleeves. Uh, that would never happen. But I think they just did circular dances back then like that. Oh, it says that in the book that Louisa talks about the ranges everyone in a folksy German wedding dance. So there you oh, go. maybe it's a German tradition. Yeah, folksy German wedding dance. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> what did you think of the scene after that where Lori tries to propose to Joe and she does not want to get married? I mean, like I said, it's hard because Christian Bale is so charming that you're kind of <laughs> mad at her in this one. Uh, whereas... I mean, he's not quite so suave and debonair in the uh, book. And I don't know. I mean, I think there's something kind of romantic about that idea of of somebody. So of almost refusing somebody like that, I think, is uh, mm-hmm. that I think there's kind of something there that, you know, she's so strong. And so uh, that we're just, bro- you know, we're just like brother and sister. But a lot of people hate that. A lot of people are, like I said, <laughs> Joe and Lori shippers. I can see it both ways because I do think that they would make a good couple, even though she says that they would kill each other. I do think that they have good chemistry, but the way they interact, it is really sibling like. So I don't know. I can see it both ways. Yeah. 
How much of a time jump is it between the wedding and everybody like moving to Paris and New York and everything? Is that like, is that a long time or is that like kind of immediate? It's four years between like the first half and the wedding, but like everybody moves on after the wedding. It feels like maybe a year when things start happening in their respective places. Like Meg gets pregnant and has a baby or two babies. <laughs> yep twins later on in the movie mm -hmm. so it can't be too long because joe moves um, to new york and amy moves to paris to study art and meg has family i would guess that it's it's like a year okay that's kind of what i was thinking yeah one thing we haven't talked about is when joe moves to new york she meets someone and mm -hmm. what did you think of professor bear I do think Gabrielle Byrne is one of the better Professor Bears. I okay. mean, he is a I lot was... older than her, but it doesn't feel quite as as jarring as it does for some of the other combinations. Yeah, no, um, and not to, not to keep going back to the 2019 version, but it felt more natural in this one than the 2019 version. Yeah, but he is. I mean, Gabrielle Byrne is a lot older than over 20 years older than Nona Ryder, but I feel like he mm. fudges it pretty well, makes it believable. It works pretty well, I think. Um, Nona Ryder got you know an Oscar nomination for this movie, so that does not surprise me. She was really good, and Colleen Atwood for the costumes. Yeah, the costumes were great, and the score. And I still can every time I hear "For the Beauty of the Earth," I think of this movie. <laughs> every time yeah, we play the church, for the beauty of the earth. I know the song, so I know like it probably was played mm -hmm. in church, but I don't remember. I don't have too many specific memories of that one. That's probably because you didn't watch this movie a million times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I think now, though, I think it'll probably be more tied to this movie. I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> For the love which the over and around us lies. Lord of all to thee we raise this our hymn of grateful praise. <laughs> I just think Claire Danes is so good, is Beth in this. She's great. Yeah, the scene where she's at the Hummels, <laughs> the, the look on her face when she's handed this screaming infant. <laughs> I don't yeah. think it was supposed to be funny, but it was like. <laughs> I think that's probably how I would feel in that situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, then, like, all the scenes with her in bed. And then they had that the fake-out scene, like, when Joe is coming down the stairs and she sees Hannah crying in the empty bed. <laughs> it's like she thinks that she's died. <laughs> yeah, they they did a lot of really good scenes with Beth. Yeah, and when she's, she's on deathbed and her, like, face is so pale. Mm -hmm. And, uh... I never had plans like all of you. I never had dreams. Now I'm going first. Uh, I mean, better. <laughs> well, I guess we can talk about the death scene because that's mm -hmm. like the one thing that most people know about this is the one dies. So Beth dies. Mm -hmm. You said that this made you cry. Mm -hmm. I think she totally earns it. Yeah. She gets all pale. It it didn't make me cry. And in fairness, not a whole lot makes me cry. It takes a lot for something to even make me tear up. However, 
there was a scene in this part that did make me tear up like significantly and it was hannah scattering the the petals on the dolls and holding the doll's hands <laughs> that was like oh my word that is so sad i don't know why that got to me more than beth actually dying but just hannah sprinkling the petals and holding the doll's hand <laughs> oh my word yeah. that was it was such a good scene yeah that was good i'm the opposite of you i am public waterworks i am very easy to cry but I don't know. I just think that she just gives it her all into the performance. Mm -hmm. She does everything she can for that. Yeah, she really did. I guess we didn't talk about Hannah too much. She's kind of a background character, mm -hmm. but she's one. I do, she seems familiar to me, but I don't know that I've seen her in anything. Do you recognize her from anything else? Um... She doesn't have a whole lot of credits on IMDb. Mm -mm. I don't know. She just seemed kind of familiar to me. But she was really good. Yeah, she was good. And it's an interesting character because, you know, it's sort of the last remaining sort of vestiges of their wealth is mm -hmm. that they, that's their one servant that they still have. Another thing that I was wondering about towards the end when Lori appears with Amy was that a surprise in the book or was there any, like, did they court or date or anything in the book, like on paper? You read about him courting her. Okay. And her experience. Uh, there's chapters from Amy's perspective. And I'm trying to remember, it's been a while since I read the book, but you, because she's engaged to another person in Europe. And mm -hmm. I think she might send a letter, but I can't remember. I have to say, I, I can't remember in the book. I'd have to read it again. <laughs> one, one thing that I did like was when Laurie finds her in Europe and he asks Aunt March if, if she's married or maybe she asks if she's engaged. Mm -hmm. And she just says, not yet. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that cracked me up. Aunt March was really great. I liked her. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah, I also so liked how she I don't know how much they did on purpose but she seemed to physically age like she seems even though she's already pretty old at the beginning mm -hmm. by the end she seems a whole lot more older than she did and I don't know if they did any makeup or just the way mm -hmm. they shot it or if they I don't know I, I liked that touch that she mm -hmm. she just felt older by the end and of course she yeah. dies too off screen but I, I don't know. I liked that, that yeah. she actually seemed to age. Yeah, that was good. She was really good. Well, I guess we could talk about the very end when Joe finds out that she's been left Plumfield and she finds out she's getting published mm -hmm. and she's reunited with Professor Bear. Yeah. How did you like that whole scene? I always liked it. The kiss in the rain. Yeah, I don't have a huge, like I said, I haven't finished the book again, I, so I don't remember from when I was a kid. I didn't remember how accurate it was to the book, or even if that matters. Mm -hmm. like how I'm just curious as to how you felt about how it ended. Yeah, I always really liked it, and my hands are empty. I have nothing to offer. Not empty now. So, <laughs> <it's> good. very good. <laughs> 
a little cheesy, but it works. Hey, I like cheesy. What can I say? <laughs> uh, romance is inherently cheesy. It's just part of the game. I mean, even yeah, in real life, kinda, yeah. romance, is, romance is cheesy. It just is. You talk to anybody about their story and you'll be like, oh, that was pretty cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I, I, I like the ending. I do. And, and of course, then they go on to have school in the uh, in the big house. And that's where you get mm-hmm. little men is Joe's school. Yeah, this is this is one of those things where now that I'm seeing these versions, I feel like I'm going to be upset that they never <laughs> did a sequel because that was that was when I was a kid, even like with the original Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I was so upset that they never made Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator into a movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I, I feel like I'm going to book into a movie, though. <laughs> Well, they're planning on doing it on Netflix, so we'll yeah. see. We'll see. <laughs> but yeah, it's like I I know that little men and Joe's boys are a thing. So now that I'm going to be watching these versions, I'm just going to be wondering about what happened to this specific version of the character. Like, I want to know more. Like, I wish they would have made sequels. And I don't know how how much I'll care, depending on how much I like the movie. It would be interesting to see yeah. this particular version continue. Which is yeah. impossible now because that was. It is a it is a story ago. that is seems to be very easy to translate into, uh, into film, uh, even though we had some bad versions for a while there, like the mm-hmm. PBS version and then the, uh, the the modern day version, which was so bad. <laughs> There's another one that I'll probably end up doing by myself. So, well, did you ever see my video on? The Secret Garden version, where it was like vlogs, it was called the Misselthwaite Archives. Oh, they, they did a Little Women version like that, where Joe was a vlogger, and I don't remember a whole lot of it, but I think it wasn't that great. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll probably revisit that at some point too, yeah. but I'll probably just do it by myself because I don't want to force somebody to sit through hours and hours and hours of youtube videos of of joe vlogging (laughs) (laughs) but i think that little women it's a timeless story because it's about a family it's about women there's not that many stories that are really written for women even today uh there's not as many and this is just i think it and and really into green gables are sort of you had your your Mark Twain and your Tom Sawyer on one side, and mm-hmm. maybe even a little later, Catcher in the Rye, you know, kind of stories about kind of growing up and being a boy. And for girls, you had Little Women and you had Anne Green Gables. I wonder if that's kind of how the scenes with her getting rejected by the editor came about, because they were talking about like they didn't want stories for girls maybe maybe that was like a real thing i'm Mm -hmm. i mean i'm sure it was but it was probably Mm -hmm. rather widespread and that's probably why there aren't that many Mm because i bet people were writing them but they just weren't being published yeah well there's always been this myth that girls stories even even fairly recently i mean people were convinced that the the little Little Mermaid, The Little Mermaid wasn't going to be a big hit because girls' movies didn't sell as well as boys' movies. And, you know, that was crazy talk. 
mm-hmm. but uh, it's still you still see that perpetuating. A lot of yeah. people say, "Well, make something for boys because girls will watch something for boys, but boys will not watch something for girls," and that's still sort of an impression that you have today. But I think that's that's selling our young men short. I think that they'll watch something that's for girls. I mean, um, I, I did. And yeah. maybe I'm just a weirdo, but I read everything. I watched everything. Yeah. I didn't care. It didn't bother me until people started pointing it out. Like, I think a lot of boys will watch Frozen or, you yeah. know, Tangled or whatever. Yeah, I don't think it's an issue for them until grown-ups make it an issue. Right, exactly. Yeah, it never bothered me. Like I said, I I read this. My mom read it to all of us. We're all boys. Mm-hmm we but especially strike me as weird at all especially true in fantasy almost no fantasy series aside from fairy tales i guess have Mm -hmm. leading female protagonists at least the traditional fantasy stories almost none of them did so you'd have to go to something like like little women or jane eyre or you know that was the kind of stories Mm -hmm. even if you look at something more modern like roll dole his fantasy, aside from Matilda, almost all mm-hmm. of the women in his stories are absolutely terrible. <laughs> They're almost all just the worst. Whether it's Trunchbull or mm-hmm. the ants in James the Giant Peach or <laughs> I feel like I read at some point that he was kind of working through childhood trauma yeah. because like he had people in his past that well, were then, like those characters what i wonder i was like were the nuns really mean to you in school or what was the problem maybe yeah. it was maybe. i'm not an uh, expert on his life or anything but i just remember reading that it was, <laughs> those people were inspired by people in his real life uh-huh. but anyway almost all heroes of literature are white men because mm-hmm. those were most of the people writing the stories for a long time or getting published <laughs> Yeah, I I wonder how many books and stories are just lost because they weren't published. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many were written by authors that never made it, that we would would love today, but we won't have a chance to read them. Mm-hmm. That's kind of an interesting thing that I've never really yeah. thought about before. Now, but uh, uh, another one that I think is very similar to Little Women would be uh, Little House, the Little House books. Lauren I loved those books I think as a kid. Them and, and Anna Green Gables. Those are just mm-hmm. very iconic childhood reads. Yeah, they'll probably end up in on this podcast at some point. Those are a little bit more of a time commitment because the versions that have been made are like series. So, right, yeah. And it's a little harder to do that when like everything is a series. Yeah. Well, you should listen uh, for Hallmarkies podcast. We did a, um, me and Alonzo Duralde, the film critic, we did a comparison of all four versions of Little Women. Yeah. Uh, I, I listened to that. I'll have to link that in the description if people want to listen to that. Yeah. I bet some that. people would be interested. But yeah, I love this version because of Winona Ryder and Claire Danes, Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. It is, it is pretty good. But like I said, I feel like having just read part of it, I felt like I was maybe too critical. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. I can understand that. It'll be interesting to see how I feel once I've watched more versions. Because I've, I've watched a little bit of the 49 one, and just the beginning, I 
I really liked the beginning, even though I didn't watch best the first scene. Mm. And I'm wondering if that's going to end up being one of my favorites. Yeah, you have to let me know. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on. Thanks for joining me. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was great. Thanks for having me. Do you want to let people know where they can find you if they want more from you? Yeah, you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So please check that out. And also you can find me at the Hallmarkies Podcast. We have lots of great stuff going on over there. Okay. And I'll have those linked in the description as well as your Little Women episode for people who want to listen to that. Yeah, thank you. Okay, well, I will, we'll probably have to have you back for another episode, whether it's Little Women or something else. But yeah, that'd be fun. I guess until then, we'll <laughs> see you later. Thank you to Rachel for joining me for this episode of Every Version Ever. I'll have her links in the description, as well as the link to her Hallmarkies episode discussing four different versions of Little Women. If you want more from Rachel on the many ways this story has been adapted, be sure to check that out. Next time on the show, I'll be joined by my cousin Sarah. She's also a fan of Little Women, but her favorite version is the 1949 adaptation. So join us next week when Sarah and I will be talking about another iconic Margaret O'Brien film. Seriously, between my two podcasts, I think this will be our third. And we'll see you next time on Every Version Ever. Thanks for listening.